Hey everybody, and welcome to the Passion Podcast. My name is Saora Love, and this is the place to be for all things to do with intimacy, relating, sex, polarity, and how we can all take more responsibility for what we experience in our lives. In this podcast, you'll find all the things you need to be able to understand yourself and your intimate connections more. Therefore, you'll be able to experience more passion, play, and deep satisfaction in your relationships and in all other areas of your life. This podcast is for all genders and sexual orientations, though we do use a lot of heteronormative language. Masculine and feminine are qualities that are in all beings and genders. We all express both and we all need both. This is the language that I'm choosing to use here because this is my own personal experience. This is my identity and therefore informs how I show up. So I'm acknowledging this at the outset and any impact that this might create. None of this is absolute truth. There's actually no such thing that can be put into words. So if it resonates, that's awesome. And if it doesn't, that is also great. I invite you to be really open-minded and get curious about what ways this does resonate for you. Because of the challenges facing men at this time and how men are socialized in our culture, I do a lot of exploring both men and the masculine on this podcast. We explore what is needed for men to find wholeness and embodiment. We look at how women can take more responsibility and how we can more accurately support the men in our lives. We also dive into what women need from themselves, each other, and from men in order to find true satisfaction. I believe that to evolve, we need to learn radical self-responsibility, but we also really need each other. Humans are truly capable of so much more depth, wholeness, and eloquence than we realize. I really hope you find this episode useful and that you find some real, tangible answers that you can integrate into your life. Enjoy. Hello, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Passion Podcast. I am here with a beautiful man today, Joshua Michael Wenner. How are you doing, Joshua? I'm so good and really excited to be here. Nice. Yeah, I'm really grateful for your presence here and super excited about the things that we're going to dive in today. I think it's going to be really uh, juicy and helpful. Yeah, I agree. I think this can be really really helpful for both a lot of men and a lot of women to deeper understand like this whole other species. It's like, right, oh. that's it. So I'm so curious to learn and really excited for the conversation. Yeah, we're just really excited to dive in and 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 create content for you all today that really just supports understanding the opposite sex. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would you like to just spend a couple minutes um, sharing a little bit about yourself and, and what you're up to in the world? Sure. Yeah, I have a, I'm a co-founder of K4 Men's Work, and we have a community of hundreds of men that are primarily focused on becoming better men. So mm. we teach maps and tools and frameworks and walk guys through a rite of passage experience to really go from adolescent psychology to adult male psychology. And so really passionate about that. It's an active community that's growing quickly. Um, I'm also the co-founder of Valor and Valor. We basically give resiliency and leadership to veterans, first responders, um, those that deal with a lot of trauma mm. and make it really 
more understandable and easy, kind of break down messy subjects, make it simpler to understand and how to communicate that throughout the family unit. So it's a little easier conversation and then how to learn resiliency to regulate the nervous system. So very trauma-informed, very nervous system regulated focused. And then I do a lot of one-on-one coaching and I typically help people solve really messy situations. So wow. I've been doing shadow work a long time and helping primarily men offload a lot of heavy childhood wound, wounding from anger to sadness to deep grief. And so I've just seen hundreds of men go through that process. And so I'm really good at when somebody's in a transition or they're in a messy place like a divorce or an affair or an addiction or some sort of messy emotional place, how to help them make sense of it and and navigate through it. So that's really my my sweet spot. Mm, wow. I honestly feel um, a little bit emotional just hearing that. It's just such um, mm. absolutely crucial, important work. Thank you so much for mm. doing that. So needed. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I feel blessed and honored to be able to serve in that way. Mm. Do you have a place you feel inspired to begin? You know, you know, I think what would be interesting is um, I did a post and I think we started talking around this and I did a post right. around, Hey, here's three ways, three ways to love the masculine. And I gave these three different ways and it, it kind of sparked a lot of conversation and some conflict around that conversation. And then we dived in a little deeper and said, Hey, in addition to the masculine, like I'm not a woman, I don't know how to love the feminine. So I'd love to get curious and learn how do we love the men reached out and said, this is all great. And I agree, but how do we love the feminine? Like, mm. what does that look like? So I, I thought it would be, we, we talked about a really fun conversation to go, Hey, here's ways to love the masculine. Here's how we typically see that we're not loved and how to move through that from a masculine point of view. And then I think also the same, like that's the perspective of the feminine in different scenarios. So those that are listening yes. can go, Oh, wait a second. I'm a different species. Maybe as a man, I've been thinking a woman is a man and treating them that way. And, and maybe vice versa, where a woman is expecting a man to be a woman. And instead we're just a different species. So we can get curious and really understand each other and go, Oh, mm. what's happening and what do we need? It's right. And that really brings me to this point that I'm just becoming more and more and more and more aware of that how much responsibility actually lays in the women's hands. You know, we've been so focused for so many years on what men need to do. Men are doing their best to listen to a language that doesn't make sense to them. But I feel that there is a gross imbalance and I feel like uh, women are not aware that they're doing this, but there's a lot of unconscious entitlement that goes on in relationships. I've spent the last number of years just being absolutely determined to do everything I can to understand men, understand the masculine. And it's been my main mm. Um, mm. point of fascination and study for years. And as women, what do we want? We want men to listen to us and hear what it is that we want, right? So would we not want to offer the same in return? And so I have been listening to men. I listen to a lot of men's podcasts and all kinds of things. And there are definitely some reoccurring themes of what men desire. And it's a different language to women. So... Yeah. Do you want to share about some of those points that you had in that, in that post? Yeah. And I, and I just take a moment. I, it's interesting. I got a little emotional, so I'm still like <laughs> grounding from just your, your expression of a deep desire to understand the masculine. And I mm -hmm. think that's where 
I'll, I'll start this conversation as I think in general, at least what I've tracked is underneath the armor. Men are very armored up yeah. and typically our wounding shows up primarily in these two different lanes. One is like kind of the adolescent expression of the overcompensation of anger. Mm. And the anger could look like what I think our society refers to as toxic masculinity, where it uses anger and expresses it outwardly or expresses it inwardly. Mm-hmm. And the other one is like a, a detachment or a suppression of all emotion. And so yeah. there's these two adolescent ways that it shows up with the masculine. Um, but I think to go a little bit further back, one of the things I've been tracking is like, if you think about how a child comes into the world, right? Right. Child comes in, a, a boy. Let's look at a baby boy. A boy comes into the world. He's loved and adored by his mom. Like he's he's nurtured daily. He's given this really nurturing feminine connection. He's seen, I mean, we all have trauma in childhood, but right. in general, he's really seen. And then there's the moment he goes through adolescence and then the whole dynamic changes. And I think at, at some core level, um, we're deeply wanting to be seen as like the underlying theme of most men. And mm. we're wired to want to actually serve. So beneath yes. the, yes. if you look at the layering, we're actually deeply desiring to serve. Right. And um, even if you look at the men that, because a lot of women would, like when I was, I did a post on, here's three primary things that men need. And women were saying like, but I've given them that and they still showed up like this. And I would still say, my guess would be at some core level, they're trying to show up and they feel like they're failing. And at yes. some point they're, they're moving to adolescent behavior and their form of giving up is anger. Let me just blow everything up or burn it all down. Or um, let me just totally shut down because it's too painful to feel that level of rejection on a regular basis. So I wanted to start there because I think if the feminine really gets in their nervous system, like our deepest, deepest desire is to serve the feminine and to be like, oh, I, I did it. Like I'm, I'm conquered. I I won. Yeah, I won. I won. I'm I'm seen and I'm witnessed. So, so when we strive for that, and feel like a failure, there's this experience of like, you're touching the stove and getting burnt again and again yeah. and again and yeah. again. And at some point we, we shadow out, right? Yeah. 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 And I know that I can just feel intuitively that there would be some women that would be critical of that in men of the need to win, but it's just like that. And it's like that for a very good reason, you know? So it's like, there's these ways that we are as women and we're just like that. And it doesn't really make full sense to men but we're just like that and that's how it is and it's like that for a damn good reason so the more that we can actually come to terms with that and accept that men are hardwired to win and if you want a man to be like devoted and really joyous about being devoted and endlessly in service He's got to feel like it's winning. He's winning. He's getting it right. You know, so it's just so crucial for women to understand you, that. You just said, you just said something. I'm super curious. You said mm. there's some women that may have some resistance to that. I'm right. curious, where does that show up? Like, where's the resistance to mm. men wanting to feel like they're winning by serving their partner? Where, where does their resistance from that? Is it a, or what, what, what would be your... Your thought on that. I think it really what it just came to me then it comes down to this uh um this subconscious competition mm. you know when women don't feel safe and don't realize that how how much it's needed for them to actually learn to trust themselves first mm. and then to be able to trust a man and to be able to surrender to him 
And so there ends up being a lot of adversarial um, competition. And when a woman doesn't feel like she can trust a man to have his masculine, to have the masculine pole, to just be uh, solid in himself, then she naturally tries to step more into the masculine. And so I'm sure that there's many other levels. This is just the first hit that came to me. And so there's this like subconscious competition and trying to out alpha the man. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just keep getting this like sense of, um, like belit just, just a, not an, just a not understanding that and just a belittling like, oh, that's a childish thing needing to win, but it's actually not. But I, I love where we're going here because I think there's, uh, I'm going to say very boldly, there's three primary ways to love the masculine. And one of them is nurture which we can unpack these in a little bit, but one of them is nurture. Uh, one of them is appreciation, which I think we're referring to now, like appreciating that part of the masculine. And then the third part is like sexual playfulness. And um, what I hear is a lot of times there's a resistance to mothering, like my experience right. from the masculine and the men sharing their feedback or me engaging in this conversation and the feedback I hear from women many times is, I'm not going to mother. And so there, there's a line, I think, between what is mothering and what is nurturing. That's right. And I think it's an interesting area to uh, maybe explore a little bit because there is a line. Yeah. Like, what is that is line, line where you're, you're kind of doing something for somebody versus you're wanting to serve and offer this like nurturing energy that we don't naturally generate. So I think. Yeah, there's, there's a difference between nurturing and fixing. Mm -mm. And yeah. maybe that's the distinction. Maybe the distinction is, let me do it for you. Versus like, you already got you, but let me bring a warm smile. Let exactly. me bring a warm touch. I think it's the, for me, it's the intention behind it. If the right. intent is, let me serve To support this. your genius as a man, to support your strength as a man, rather than thinking that, you know, as a woman, I need to make it happen for you yeah, with I my think strength. A, yeah, I think the, the distinction is, it just comes from service, is the intent mm -hmm. to serve. And if you come with your, you're like, what do I have to give? You may, you may give through an expression, like an act of service. You may give through a touch. You may give through compliments, but as a man, you feel that act of service of giving, you get lit up and it's almost like muse yeah. energy where you feel seen and recognized. And I use a metaphor a lot of times uh, with men. I, I literally think we're like dogs. I think we're that simple. Like you give the dog a treat yeah. and he, you want him to do more of what that behavior is. I think as long as it comes from an authentic place of, of like, course. oh, here's, I want to serve and I'm going to support that. Mm -hmm. Like we're happy to and grateful to serve. And I think as men, we can achieve, but I will say there's something so much, the men that I've talked to that have leveled up more than any other man had a powerful partner that mm -hmm. saw a greater version of them and mm -hmm. held that man to that version for right. them to step into that version. So I don't think, and again, I'm talking primarily men and women here. So I don't think women realize the level of power they have to elevate at a whole, like a 10 or hundred X version of a masculine. If he feels seen and believed in at that level of who he can step into. So yeah. that appreciation of not just who the man is or seeing what he's not doing right, but actually seeing who he is and conditioning him towards what he's capable of and, and seeing those little aspects will inspire him to like, go build anything he can to be become that. So right. appreciation yeah. can be probably the one of the most, 
loving things. And I think also I would say I hear a lot from the feminine. Well, I do appreciate he just doesn't see it or I, but I feel like it, like I've heard a lot of men say, well, I, she said, thank you for something I did. Cause I'm doing things all the time. She said, thank you a couple of times, like, but it's very different than appreciation. So maybe just for a moment on appreciation, it's literally like take a moment and it could be, Hey, I see how you show up. I see how you work for the family. I see like find little ways that you can recognize him individually, not like in the sea of men where he's just a man, not because he does something in like a cordial thank you, which is like anybody could do, but something makes him unique that you really truly see him. And I'd say that's probably the foundation deeper than sex, deeper than anything else is being really seen deeply will allow him to like really embody that. Mm, and I'd love to add to that something that I do on top of that is not just mm. express then I then I also express of like what it act, act effect it actually has on me, mm. how it lands in my body, in my life and the, the mm. effect that it has. And I actually make sure I let him see that, like feel mm. that and see that. And something else I wanted to express is you're saying that there's these three things, but I feel like there's also an overarching theme over the three things, which is radiance. Mm. You know, mm. and that goes through all three of those things. What's what would you say the difference between radiance and nurture would be? Ooh. Well, a rate to me, radiance is it's wholeness within oneself. It's really mm. it's a connection to God within oneself. Mm. It's a connection to pleasure and appreciation of all of life within mm. oneself. It also radiance to me, um, also um points to at least personally like a range a radiance doesn't have to be like oh i'm so happy and bright all the time it, it's but it's it, there's 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 mm. a there's a potency and a power in um in a range mm. of expression ah, and so you can nurture nurture is more of like it's a it's a care nurture to me is care in action um, because like, I let me offer some of that radiance to you through this action. Yeah. Yeah. And even if it's not offered to you, it's, it's just there and it just is mm. in the space, like within my own self. Mm. And so that is an offering, not just to your partner, but to all of life. Totally agree. And I also uh, couldn't agree more with radiance. I think that's something that is amazing. Like we're, we're like, we just love the feminine species. And it's something mm. you have with radiance. When a woman steps into her radiance and the variety of who she is in the world and how she sees herself, which really takes that, I think, to your point, level of connection with source, level of connection with like owning your your vibrance and your power and your full range. Like there's, it's so, it's, it's beautiful doesn't even describe it. It's like a, it's like this thing we want to study. We're like, <laughs> like how do we like a, it's like a piece of, it's like art it's literally like art like you just want to take it in yeah and receive it because it's mm -hmm. such a such a um it's magnificent it's like yeah wow mm -hmm. so really good point mm -hmm. so so I, I think just the at least understanding the those couple of areas is we talked about a distinction between nurture versus mothering mm. and it's offering an act of that radiance like a service to the masculine we talked about appreciation, which is really, truly seeing the masculine. And he goes, oh, I'm seeing. We talked about radiance, which is be your radiant, vibrant self, which I, I think partially ties into the sexual teasing conversation. Right. Because I've noticed a lot of times, um, and, and I, I'll also say, you said earlier, um, there's a responsibility in the feminine. There's also a deep responsibility in the masculine. Mm. 
And I think yeah. the responsibility that like there's a lot of areas. But yeah, one let's get to that is, in a sec. I still want to keep on the on the, the this this side with the the feminine towards the masculine briefly. Yeah, and, I and I okay. So I'll, we'll we'll still go back around to that. But the piece is really um, there's a resistance that we hear a lot of times in the feminine. Like I don't want to really show you any sexual teasing or energy because you're going to want sex. Or I don't want to. And I think it's also tied to radiance. If I'm actually radiant and playful and expressive and dancing, like then you're going to want sex. So there's almost this resistance, uh, at least what feels in my body to where that shut down in the feminine resistance to the sexual energy, to the playfulness, to the, because it's part of expression. And it's like, there's some fear, which at least comes up to me that there's something we're not doing yeah. to create more safety or something yeah. we're not doing. That's why I'm automatically yeah. went to, Definitely. what do we got to do to create more intimacy, more connection, more yeah. safety to, to create that. But I think just understanding, and I'll give one example. It was actually from one of the things I witnessed with my mom and I was watching her with my dad and she was like, you know, can you change the light? And I watched her language and her energy was like, I've asked him to do this so many times. He still won't do it. And it was almost like an angry, frustrated, like command, like almost like she's yeah. commanding she's somebody that's working mom. for her. Yeah. Like a mom, like, have you done, have you done this yet? But from yeah. an angry, frustrated tone. And she's like, I've been asking him for weeks. And I'm like, have you been asking him like this for weeks? And I, and I was like, let me give you one example, two different examples. I said, one example is like arms folded. Like you haven't, like, I've been asking you this for weeks. When are you going to do this? Uh, frustrated, underlying. How does the masculine receive that? Am I appreciated? No. Um, they're probably going to be told I did something wrong when I do it. No nurture, no sexual, nothing there. Versus another example was like, hey, sexy man. Like, <laughs> You know what, you know how hot it would be to watch a really sexy man like you change this light bulb, like, and like playful, flirty, teasing, yeah. like the masculine's going to literally stop what he's doing and be like, what I'm, one, I'm seeing because she's going to see that I can change the light bulb and serve her Two, she's teasing me playfully. So that's going to capture his attention from work or yeah. whatever else he's got <laughs> to be like, what is happening? And, yeah. and I'd also say. If it's tied to radiance, if you're already expressing your radiant energy, there's a natural like tendency to be in it. And you're just basically like seeing us and pulling us towards you. And, and it's just like, so which, which one would you rather do? Like, would yeah. you rather do the one that you're played and teased and seen and appreciated and nurtured to serve the feminine? And then you're seen for it. Like then you change it and then you're seen for it. Like a game, yeah. like it's playful or one that you're, told what you're not doing right and an angry tone and frustrated told like yeah. one feels motherly the other feels nurtured yeah yeah and that just brings me to the point that mm, like in every beautiful relationship that i know where the couple is really doing good mm -hmm. i still see ways that the women don't feel fully fully met you mm -hmm. know but that's just that that's kind of makes sense. There is a lot more density within the masculine. There's a lot more armoring and um, things, you know, which makes sense because men have had to go to war and haven't been permitted to feel. So I think we just need to come to terms with that as women, like it's going to be that way. And it's also part of the design that women can see more often than not, more of the man's heart than he is able to and there's, there's a perfection in that design so as women we are going to constantly be seeing places which we where we want more 
Mm. It's just not really going to end. And the more that men can accept that and women can accept that and accept it for the gift that it is and the perfection of the design of that, the easier we're going to have a time of like being able to move from there. So if women can actually accept that's how it is and so realize that the more that they can bring um, a lack of blame, like no, not coming from blame and inspiration to these requests, you know, it's like there's an art form there. How can we as women actually communicate these desires? Like I want the light bulb changed, you know, or whatever the hell it is to a man in a way that inspires him and just understanding that it's always, there's always going to be that there's always going to be more that we want. Like we are endlessly going to want more connection. There's no end to how much we want as women. It's just like that. Well, and I would also say just an interesting observation between the two. I would say typically in my experience, the women typically ask men to do a lot more than the men ask the woman to do. That's true. Not to say that she doesn't naturally do a lot, but right. I would say one of the dynamics is constant um, conflict around is the, the the feminine saying, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? I, like, as they have a higher standard of, the, of what they want to do right. and want to feel like they have a partner helping them do it, which is totally valid. But it's typically not the masculine saying, hey, let's go, let's go. Unless they're like, hey, can we work out together? Hey, can we do? That's where I see the masculine saying, hey, I want to go activities. I want to go work out. And the feminine's going. And so there's, so I think if we can look at it the same, the same way of like, hey, we see the world differently. Mm. And, and I, I'd love to even learn a little bit more there. So I'd say the feminine, when you want the masculine to do something, think of that we're single-minded. So you give us one task, like take out the trash we're thinking the trash. And yeah. so single-minded requests, playful, nurturing, like radiant energy requests. If you want to add in a little teasing, that makes it more fun. Um, <laughs> when we complete the task, a thank you appreciation uh, is we're going to get it. You're going to get it again and again and again. And so, but the, the typical dynamic I see there is, well, why didn't he put a bag in? And so to your, so to your point, it's like, Hey, he took the trash out, but he didn't see to put the bag in instead of a thank you from doing my request right instead we get of you didn't do it right which yeah. triggers are well now i'm not enough she asked for the trash i take it out so i'm just not you do it yourself is the yeah. reaction we get so i think just learning communication single-minded focus one task one appreciation and then next task so you could say hey great job on the trash could you mind putting a bag in too and we're like sure happy to so it's a I think that's a little tweak on understanding how to mm. communicate to us through a single-minded lens versus I think the feminine tends to multitask. So they of naturally course. see the 15 things to do. We do one and then we move to the next, right? So, but that could solve a lot of, I think, conflict around that and just a light, slight little communication change. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And so another point that we were kind of touching upon a while ago, but I just wanted to go back to it was... Um, around sexual breadth as a woman, mm -hmm. something that I've been very much considering. If you actually are a really embodied woman and you want to be with a really embodied man over time, you know, it's a very common thing that men can get bored over time. And so I feel like this is also really important as women to continuously mm. learn to be our full selves and really to be able to be explorative and playful for when we really, really do find a really good man that has 
a, a large capacity within himself. Yeah, you. I'm glad you went back to this piece because this is a really big one too. That a lot of men are really humiliated to talk about. Right. Um, but but two things here. One is a lot of times, and I think I think it's because of our architecture. Like we tend to be bigger, stronger, and so and have this outward power, I guess you could say. So I think the feminine sometimes sees us, but doesn't always express it. So a really common thing I hear with men is like, I, they find, does my partner think I'm attractive? Do yeah. they actually think like, so there's your, and again, especially if you're in the world, living your purpose and embodied, you're getting attention from other areas and you're having, you're like, you're clearly creating space for your partner. But then if your partner, you don't feel seen, it becomes this kind of thing of like, I'm getting it from everywhere else in the world, but I'm not getting it from the person that I want to see me the most. And so, but underneath our architecture, it almost feels humiliating to be able to say like, do you, can you tell me that I'm attractive? That, that to the masculine is so, whereas the feminine is like, oh, just tell me what you need. Like, this is a connection yeah. point for yeah. us. It's like, oh gosh, that feels weak. That feels humiliating. That feels like, how mm. could I share that? So the feminine knowing like little things like this is where the sexual playful flirty telling us we're attractive, telling us you like, like we, some guys have self-conscious body things as well. So knowing yeah, that power makes them feel strong, powerful, and will double down towards their partner. Mm. Um, and one other piece that at least this is my own personal philosophy on, I think the masculine creates novelty through external, like, Hey, let's go here. Let's do this. Like more planning, mapping, creating the experience. And I believe the feminine does it through like, you guys are so radiant naturally through who, who the feminine changes to be like as who they are. So there's like, like we're typically some men have like, you know, the man buns and a lot of variations, but a lot of men, we don't have a lot of like, we wear the same clothes. We're kind <laughs> yeah. of the same thing, but the feminine has so much variety right. that that creates the novelty of newness mm. for the masculine. So mm. even the feminine going, Hey, I'm going to do pigtails or I'm going to do, there's like so many varieties are changing clothes and costumes and that's a ton of novelty for the masculine to be right. like, wow, there's so much newness here. And yeah. I think that adds to the sexuality of like, oh, wow, I'm meeting somebody new. Because I think we both need novelty at the baseline level. If a man does the same thing, never creates surprises, never goes and says, hey, we're going here and doing something, it can get boring. Yeah. And I think the same thing happens with the feminine is it's like the same pattern, same habits, same clothes, same routine. So how do we both serve each other by creating novelty? Right. Masculine going, we're going here, pack your bags, get in the car, we're going here. Or yes. like, where are we, the feminine's like, where are we going? It's yeah. a secret, I don't know, right? Or, <laughs> you know, so I, I, it's at least my philosophy. I'm curious how it resonates with you, but I think we do yes. it externally and the feminine mm. does it like through their radiance, at least. Mm. What, what, yeah, that makes total sense. I haven't thought of that before. I love it. Makes complete sense. And it brings me to another point that I feel is super crucial because I'm just sitting here listening to us and I'm imagining some women hearing all of this and being so triggered, like, why? I don't want to, I don't want to like, you know, he's not showing up. He's not, no, 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 he's da, 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 you know, and why would I, you know, show my whole full spectrum self and give him even more when he can't even take the fucking trash out, for example. Mm -hmm. And this is where there's a whole nother level of responsibility in women's mm -hmm. hands with um, what we're choosing. And I really believe that if you cannot respect your man as he is, if you can't trust him to at least a certain degree, I would really seriously consider making another choice. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you could, before you do that, really just get curious and have an experiment and just see 
oh, let me just see if it's, if it's not, if it's not serious and it's just, cause I always like to call everything an experiment. Like when I'm trying on a new thing, I just kind of in my own head, I play with it as if it's an experiment and I never know exactly how something is going to work until I give it everything really as an experiment. And sometimes I'll be like, all right, I'm going to try this on for a week fully and just see what happens. And then the proof is in the pudding, as we say in Australia. And a woman could get really curious and say, well, let me get curious and see what happens if I really find my own practices to find my own centeredness, my own juiciness, my own radiance. And I start to communicate in different ways to him and to bring less blame, to bring more playfulness and curiosity and to, to see how I can help him to win for this week. And just yeah. see, does he show up in a version that makes you more able to trust him or not? And yeah, I think, I think we need to be a lot more responsible with our choices and realize if we cannot trust him, it might be wise to get out as intense as that sounds is just a lose-lose situation otherwise. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to know what are the primary ways that women feel loved? Like yeah. How does that show for the feminine? Yeah. I mean, really it, the, I mean, there's a lot, but it comes down to, there's two main things really, which is safety and connection. Mm. And for me personally, safety means that it's safe to actually be who I truly am in that moment, that that's okay. Mm. Um, it's when I feel like a part of me is not understood or even not seen not allowed, is going to get resistance, is going to get defensiveness, pushback, then that part of me doesn't feel safe to be. Um, and it's, it's interesting because there's like, I think I might've spoken about this on a recent podcast. Sounds very, I've, I've, I've said this somewhere before, whether it's to a person or on the podcast, but there's like different arenas of safety. Like you might have you know, you feel very physically safe with a man, you know, that he would protect you. You would never be physically hurt at all, but there might be this small piece, which he's not able to actually hold. And so there's not safety in that arena. It's like when a man hears, oh, I don't feel safe. He's like, what are you talking about? You're so safe with me. I would never hurt you. But there's like different arenas of safety and there's different aspects of personality as a woman that might not feel like it's okay to be. I, I love this. And I'd like to go a little deeper of, because I, I hear this a lot and I think this would be really helpful because I, I hear some men say, I provide, like, right. I heard that there wasn't safety. So I got us a house. I, I, then there wasn't mm -hmm. safety. So we got married. Like, so they keep going to these other levels to provide safety. And now they're like, still not feeling safe. So in the masculine, sometimes it gets confusing because we think yeah. physical a lot of times of like, right. Well, two things. One, physical safety is what we think. And then I think the other one, and I'd love to know some of these things, like what happens in your body as yeah. a woman when, yeah. when you don't feel safe? Because I think yeah. that'll give us mm. more context sometime of like what's actually happening. Because uh, part, of, part of the experience that I know as a man that I've had to work on is one is leaky energy yeah. safety. If like we're we may not realize it, but if your, your energy's over here or you look and you know, it's not quite right, but you look anyway, even a look or something that just feels like leaky or sneaky, that creates a little, um, doorway that mm. the masculine's like, Hey, I can compartmentalize everything. So I'm <laughs> yeah. okay. But the feminine feels like, I feel like there's a doorway back there that you're not quite 
like I can't trust. So that would be at least my experience. I'm mm. like, one thing the masculine can do that if they're not, if their partner saying, I don't feel safe, if, if you have any type of leaky or sneaky energy, that could be another, another layer. And then the second piece, or, but curious your thoughts on that first. Yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. So for that specific example, because the thing is that personally, I don't think it's reasonable to expect any human to not ever be attracted to somebody. It's like, that's human nature. It's something we cannot help, but it's like, what do you do about it when that happens? How transparent are you about it? And what do you do with that energy, that inspiration? Because it inspires an energy within you. Do you like, mm, and like kind of be sneaky about it and just put it over there and like, oh, she doesn't know when mm. chances are she does, <laughs> she can feel something, <laughs> especially if she's right there. <laughs> Or do you actually, oh, wow. And even communicate about it. I don't know, like different, different relationships have different agreements, but personally, I, I would feel comfortable with communicating about that and just being like, wow, that person's really beautiful. And just, there's like an openness there. There's an honesty, transparency, and an openness, but then bringing that energy to each other, that inspiration and continuously you know, it's digging, digging one deep hole rather than so many small ones. What I know within myself, when I have experienced that more uh, leaky, to me, leaky energy is when it's just kind of going and there's no consciousness around it. There's no awareness and it's just like, blur, it's going out. Because I call it leaky, uh, there's leaky and then there's seeky. Leaky is where it's just going out, going out, going out. And, but seeky is when it's going out because you want something back. Like you're trying to get energy back. There's seeking, seeking validation from women. That's the seeky energy of like not having a centeredness within one's own self, knowing one's own worth, knowing one's own value and needing it constantly validated from the external. That's seeking energy. When I've, feel that in a man, then it feels like he doesn't have his own spine. Like he doesn't have his own self-worth and his own value integrated because every man is inherently worthy and inherently valuable. It's just, we have to go through a rite of, rite of passage and many processes to actually remember that and know that and embody that. And that is not easy by any means. But for me, it feels like he doesn't have the stability in himself. And for me, one of the things that that can bring up is that he's not aware of what he's doing and why. For me, if I know what that he's aware of what he's doing and why, and he's navigating that, honestly, that in itself, and, and can communicate to me, that in itself is actually fucking epic. That is all that is required. We will always have more and more blind spots that we discover but what do we do when we notice them for me as a woman when I feel that energy going out is I just I feel oh my my man doesn't have himself and therefore how can he have me as women we're so biologically wired for safety because and i talk about this regularly on this podcast that it was literally just two generations ago that we actually could not physically 
survive in this world without a man. We couldn't have a bank account. We couldn't vote, you know, the, all these kind of things. And so I feel like this is one of the main things that would really, really, really support relationships and men in understanding women is understanding how this inherent unsafety that is in our bodies that is there for a damn good reason because we relied on men for so long and it's been very little time that we have been able to function really fully without a man I mean I don't think we we thrive without a man not not long term but we can definitely function in a really you know productive way in life but it's it's not it's not been long and that there is an inherent um insecurity and unsafety around that so i feel like if men could really keep that in mind and under, have compassion for that and i guess like to go a little bit deeper in just the safety conversation in general mm -hmm. like like what is it like what's the experience is it is it like is it scared is it does it bring up yeah. your nervous does it bring up armor is it like what's when there's lack of safety like what does that actually do to either the nervous system yeah. or like because it, it is a, probably the most common thing i've heard across the board so what like what is if you could describe that sensation or experience or what is that like? It literally feels like the rug is pulled out from under my feet and I don't have anything to stand on anymore. So it's almost, a, it's foundational. Yeah, it's, it's foundational. foundational. It's <gasps> when I thought that I had something to stand on, I thought that there was a foundation to stand on, to be able to step forward in a very particular way within my surrendered feminine. And then suddenly the rug is just not there anymore. And I'm floundering to find my own feet again within my own self. Oh. Definitely nervous system stuff. There's definitely like a pretty strong effect on the nervous system that it's even, it's even beyond anything that's actually, it's, it's, it's like those experiences where you have trauma that is pre-verbal because this is literally in our DNA. So it's even beyond pre-verbal. It's just in our DNA. So the nervous system feels afraid that we're not going to survive. Hmm. And, and in contrast, what's the difference when you feel very safe? Oh my God. Oh, even just thinking about it, it's just this whole settledness that just washes through my whole body and being, and it feels I can just be myself feels like I can be here on this earth and be who I am. And, and then that leads me to feel I can really truly be of highest service. As you're talking, I, I'm thinking of, um, I have a really close crew of men. That's like 13 of us that get together regularly. Most of the men have done a ton of work. And so it's not like there's a leader. Anybody can lead and hold space. And it's the only group of men I've ever been around where for the first time, and I, and I think this is an interesting topic around it is, I actually experienced that as a man, like the first time of going like, oh, wow, oh wow, this is what safety feels like, like actually in my nervous system of being like relaxed, yeah. so relaxed yeah. that I could settle in. And I was, and it gave me some sort of an experience of what the feminine goes through, because nice. I think, I think as men, we're used to living our, most of our entire lives without even a frame of reference of safety. Wow. So I think that might be why it's, um, it's so like confusing to us yeah. because we don't even have an experience of ever feeling safe. So I think that might be part of what that 
Cause that was the first time I've actually been like, Oh, my whole nervous system's relaxed. Usually we're protectors. We're providers. Yeah. We're like, what do I got to do to handle stuff? And that's how we get our worth and our value more from creating that versus actually experiencing that. And so it's a, it's a really interesting that you describe that sensation of what it feels like of like safe, relax. It's the only frame of reference yeah. that I have, um, which is amazing from that. And so one more uh, uh, question around this, another common thing, at least that I've experienced, and it took me a while to recognize this, but like a lot of times when the feminine, and I think to your point, if the feminine feels really safe and then they express, the expression can be this intense moment, which could be frustration. It could be at us. It could be whatever thing. Um, one thing I've tracked is a lot of times we take that personal. And so I think one of the ways the masculine can get better at that is like holding space that not everything, the expression has to do with us because I know if like the feminine's expression, and then I come in to take it personal. Now I'm trying to fix the expression when, if I just was like held space and then held like, Hey, can I hold you through this? Even if it was at me, or even if it was directed at wherever, that could have felt like, oh, he's holding me through this versus when we, we a lot of times take it personal yeah, as the math and go, oh, they're expressing it's my fault because we want to win. Yeah. We want to succeed. Yeah. We want to provide. And if something happened that they're upset about, that's, I think, how the masculine kind of loses its, it's like, oh, angry, frustration, or shut down. And so I think we can learn to just kind of go regulate and then like hold space for that safety is so is that one of the ways that the that the like you said early on the masculine may provide it maybe do this but it, i may not be held in all my ways is that one of those examples or can you give me another example of what that's like yes it's definitely definitely an example but there's definitely some more nuance to that that i want to add but i def i def just want to um acknowledge that yeah if, if a woman is going through something and if she can feel a man not actually make it about him and actually just stay right there and stay solid in himself and and then even hold the woman that would be very profoundly healing very profoundly healing that's the thing is if a man is able to not react if a woman is actually moving through something and is not just in her trauma and continuously wanting to blame the man because because if she is just in trauma and wanting to blame no matter what the man does it will continue but if a woman is actually just moving through a wave a layer of something and a man can actually just stay there it's going to move real quick, really, really, really quick. And like just melt actually incredibly quickly. And I don't actually agree that it is rightful for a woman to just spew any kind of emotion on a man. I don't agree with that at all. And yes, for a woman to be able to bring all our flavors, but still consensual and not spewing it onto a man with blame and shame. If there is an anger in a woman about something, I think firstly, it is important to ask for permission for when a man is ready for that, because a man needs to actually move into a different mode in his brain to actually be able to receive that for, for starters, or else he's not even going to be able to receive it. He's just, he's just protecting. Yeah. He's like, oh, what's coming at me? Yeah, well, he's in a different part of his, his actual yeah. cortex because men have a, a thick, um, 
divider between the left and the right hemispheres. Whereas women, we can move back and forth really mm. easily. So to get a man to be receptive, he actually needs to, and it might not take a moment, it might only take a moment, but he needs to actually, oh, choose that he's going into like, all oh, right, I'm about to receive you and what's going on mode. But I just, I actually think that's one of the th places that we all need to take more responsibility. Women, we need to learn not to blame, not to push, put all this blame on the masculine. And if a man is continuously doing something, then we need to take responsibility that we're choosing that continuously for starters and that it just never helps anything anyway to go into blame and i think as men men need to actually have boundaries with women women and be like hey babe i want to be here for you i want to i want to be here with you through this but not like this not like yeah this. i agree that was that was my I was going to say the responsibility of the masculine is to lean in strong not to run not to shut down because typically men will shut down and avoid because they don't want to deal with it or they'll run or they'll get angry and yell. Right. So instead of doing any of those, stop, regulate yourself for a minute. And if it doesn't feel like for the masculine, like, Hey, she's attacking or then you just lean in and say, Hey, lower your tone. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere, but here's how you're going to need to engage with me. Right. If you want me to support exactly. you. Exactly. Boundaries. That, and boundaries. Yeah. So like for me, it's had to be lower your tone because tone can be really intense yeah. and Hey, you can't, you can't, scream and yell at me right. or shame me or right. we can express what you need and I'll support or, or solve this, but you're not going to attack me with, you know, fists or hands or words or like, no, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, and as so. a woman, we could express like, I am feeling so much anger coming up in my body. I don't even know how to deal with it. I don't know, you know, and, and I can see that it's kind of in response to feeling that you're not listening to me, but there's still, it's, it's, it's bringing it without making, without blaming it, without spewing it onto the man. There's, there's an art to it. Yeah. Well, that's what you're talking about is ownership. Right. You're owning what the sensations are in the body and what your experiences is and wanting to actually solve it versus to me, when you blame, now you're in the villain victim savior triangle. Cause when you blame, you either need a savior to come save you. And that's, I used to be in that dynamic. So that's why I know it so well as I would be like, Oh, I'll just not express my needs and always just fix the feminine's needs because this will solve the fight and I want to get back to happy place. And that's being and the so nice guy. It's being the nice guy savior. And now I'm going to continue to be the villain, the rest of the dynamic. And that was the dynamic I created of I'll save when things get tough, I'll shut down my needs. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where a lot of masculine also I see and not knowing how to deal with that. It feels really, and you bring your needs up and somebody villainizes your needs you play savior again and again, and you're going to keep playing that out. So the masculine is like, take responsibility. Both of our needs are valid and you both need time to unpack those in a really loving way. And, and if it's not going to work, don't play savior. And, and you'll find out really quickly it either is going to like dissolve because right. they're going to blow up or they're going to be really loving to go. Oh, of course, let's, let's take some time to solve it. So mm. um, that's a, that's a, that's the responsibility on the masculine to also not keep creating dynamics where they're playing savior and yes. then they become um, victimized. Yep. Same thing. Mm -hmm. So there's a, I think what we're also learning is two forms of self-responsibility and sovereignty, right? right? Moving from codependency to in independence, right? That's so right. that we can choose to serve each other's needs, but not needing mm -hmm. that from each other. Mm -hmm. I think back to my past before I was willing to own 
who I am and my boundaries and needs and, and fully expressive and lean into uncomfortable conversations if something didn't feel good because it was like very much a, uh, like how much can I show and where am I going to upset the storm and like try to keep the storm at mm -hmm, bay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's what kept little pockets of mm -hmm. myself hidden, which created distrust in the feminine. And it was a hard lesson for me to learn is like, like I couldn't be trusted mm -hmm. because I wasn't actually expressing myself, especially my anger or my mm -hmm. frustration. I would keep that hidden because it would create conflict. Mm -hmm. And I was avoided to conflict instead of going, this is not okay. <laughs> which was the boundary, I would suppress that, right? Mm -hmm. For my own own stuff from mm -hmm. childhood. So I think yeah. that's part of it is the ownership of the masculine is you want to create more connection as uncomfortable as it sounds, be authentic. Yeah. Um, and, and in that be authentic conversation, I'll also say there's some discernment there. Like, so I've mm. learned be authentic in my feelings of like, Hey, I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling angry and also communicate like what is safe to talk about mm. with the feminine. Cause uh, some women are like, hey, if you're feeling frustration with your finances, it's okay. Some women say, hey, that really scares me. Can you bring that to your to your men? Okay. And so mm -hmm. I've learned like, what, like have a conversation, what feels safe to communicate right. to the feminine and what doesn't feel safe and find a good group of men yes. to process that with, to then come back to hold space. And yes. you'll find, for me, it's landed on my emotions. Am I sad? Am I like whatever's going on with me is what I express to be authentic, even if it's messy or not the right time or whatever else. And that seems to be what the feminine starts to receive, feel connected to, mm. which the masculine's confusing. Cause you're like, <laughs> like, Oh, I'm sad. You think that you'd be, cause you don't express that to men. Yeah. Like men don't say typically I'm sad or I'm like, we don't, talk yeah. that way so it's a little bit different yeah. but the feminine feels yeah well as a woman because we're feeling it anyway we're, we're feeling what you're feeling anyway yes. and so then it's like <laughs> okay he's tracking himself uh, he's aware of himself yeah. and that creates trust it's like that means that Back i'm not going to have to be the one tracking you for both of us but this is so big because i think i think this is what the masculine doesn't get like you guys are so much more intuitive than we are yeah. like literally a mile away, you guys feel instantaneously what we're feeling. And the only sliver I felt like at the end of my three and a half day retreats where we're doing all this emotional processing and so much heart opening, I've gotten little like slivers of like, oh, this is like, we can feel each other. The guy's anger, we feel it in our body. He's sad. We like, like, but normally we're so disconnected right. from that as men. So I think that's the feminine probably times like a hundred or a thousand is where you live daily. Yeah, and that is another point if that I feel would help relationships so much for men to actually really get to trust that. Once again, mm. really, I think I said this before actually, but just just reiterating it then, how important it is for men to trust that women can actually feel their heart more than not, more than they can. And mm. that there's a perfection in that as well. Yeah, it's it's really beautiful to be again, it's a way to be seen, be loved, be connected. And also for the masculine to track that, like the like your partner or the feminine may track you a mile away. Mm -hmm. And so being receptive and open to like, wow, something is going on. Because if you can track it then, if it's a, instead of taking it personal, like, hey, are you sad? Mm. Or what's going on? Mm. Like really do some inventory and go, wow, I'm able to be seen. Let me track it now before it creates an eruption. Yeah. Like a mile from now. Yeah. And like the bet the way that I would find like the most sexy and the most beautiful is if a man instead of being like, oh no, that's wrong, which is 
all too common that is mm-hmm. most of the time, no, I'm not. And it's all over him. I'm seeing it clearly. I'm <laughs> feeling it. And he's like, no, I'm like, oh my gosh. But instead of a man getting defensive, instead, if he was like, mm, instead of me trying to prove how she's wrong, can I, how can I be curious about in what way is she right? Because maybe she's not right about all of it, but there's going to be some truth in it. There is going to be some truth in it and there's going to be a nugget of gold in there for him, for his growth. So if a man can actually treat it like, hmm, let me get curious and find how she is right rather than automatically try to prove how she's wrong. That is fucking epic. I agree. And again, back to the conversation of discernment, because let's say, let's say you're worried about finances, but you've already had a conversation that finances, something makes your partner feel really bad. Mm-hmm. Then you might say, Hey, there's something like very openly, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling some big emotions about something, but I'm not quite ready to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. That's awesome. Like just, just very direct communication of validating she's correct in her feelings and not height, that would be sneaky. Like, oh, let me sneak this over here because I'm not going to, like, be very bold and direct of, like, not ready to communicate this, but you're totally valid. Oh, I'd find that totally sexy. And so, and so, just, and because I think this is where men, um, this is where the ownership comes from, from the masculine is fully be direct. Like, here I've thought I was a good communicator and I've learned time and time again how horrible of a communicator I've been with the feminine because, They'll say something and then I think I'm doing it and then I do it passive or I do it like indirect. And so I've learned a lot of ways that we're best if we're literally just fully own what's happening. And if you don't want to talk, say no, like say, yes, I'm all over the place and I'm not quite ready to talk or I need some space or I need like whatever you need, own that and communicate it. And there's a, even if the feminine's upset, they're going to trust you and respect you because you're owning what's actually real. And that's taken me a really long time to actually start to learn. And I'd also say I've worked with a number of couples that have had affairs and have tried to heal that. And to something you said earlier, because there may be people listening that are in this experience. Um, and there's one specifically that spent five years trying to mend this. And we were working together and her repeated story is, I still can't trust you. And in his mind, he was like, well, what do I have to do? I've been doing therapy. I've been doing coaching. I've been doing like, what else do I have to do to make this up? And there was one moment when I was watching them both. And it's exactly what you said. At some core level, he wasn't fully owning all of it. And, and that was what she didn't feel safe. She was like, well, if, if he can see what he did, she, it already happened. So it was more like, do you fully understand that you did it? Can you fully own it? Can you understand why it happened? So that it that's won't right. happen again. That's and that's right. what she was waiting. Like, I can't wait. Like, and once there was a moment when he's like, yes, I fully did this. There was no, but there was no, but you, it was just a full ownership. And I see why I did this. This part of me ne- deeply needed love yeah. and I wasn't getting the love I needed. I didn't know how to communicate that. So again, full ownership, but I see what I did and I have practices now to do it. And I have a better communication and her whole nervous system just relaxed. And they, like, it was like this deep connection because for the first time he owned it. And uh, to what you said, and I saw it well, like, exactly there, I was like, oh, he owned it and he saw why he did it so that it won't happen again is what she's waiting for. Like, cause, cause she saw it a mile, a mile away. Right. Like, so I just think it's a really valid point of like, we actually get create more safety, more connection, more trust when you fully own 
and communicate directly. I think, is that part of the ownership from the masculine to make the feminine feel safe and connected? A hundred percent. Like before you started talking about that couple, everything you said just before that about, about a man actually just being real and transparent. Mm. And, um, even, even if he's saying, look, I can't even talk about this. As you were saying that the way that landed in my whole body is like mm. the feeling of safety. And it was also not just safety, but it was turn on in my system. It's safety and a turn on when a man is just absolutely real about what is true. So help me understand where, is it because, because again, we're kind of exploring this as it's coming up. My interpretation of that is the feminine is just like nature, but the masculine is the grounding cord. And so by us being super grounded and authentic, the feminine's feeling something is off or this or that, and they're expressing it. But when the masculine owns it, it validates, it owns it and directs, I guess is kind of what it's doing. Well, well, it means for me personally, it means that I'm not going to have to be tracking both of us and having uh, to try to navigate a way to help a man see what's actually going on while trying to remain in the feminine and essentially being the guide and then it depolarizes, Uh, but having to try to find that way to keep polarity there while being the guide, when a man is at least aware of what is going on, it's like, ah, I still get to remain soft and open and not have to track you and me and help you see what's happening for you and us and all the rest. So, and so this is powerful because, you know, a lot of the masculine and feminine says the man leads and directs and guides. But I actually believe a lot of times the feminine, there's this deep nature with the feminine that's I think the I think the feminine leads. Yeah. The feminine definitely so, leads. Because I, I I love this and I feel like the difference is the feminine that leaves with nurture is like creating space and like just what you described. Okay, I see him, I see me a mile away. And and instead of putting pressure on him or instead of expectation on him, I'm almost curious to see how he shows up and gently nurturing him towards where to go and then reinforce him when he does. So he knows like, Oh, correct direction. Correct. Yeah. Cause that's, that's saying I'm nurturing you to guide you. Cause I have a skill set that you don't have to see, you know, 15 layers (laughs) of what's happening. And I can use this because we're a team to, to help guide you and give you course correction when you're on the, the right path. So I wanted to really say that because there's some women that have said, I'm not going to say anything and I want to see what you do. And I feel like as a masculine, you're like, like, can you communicate yeah. to me? So I know, otherwise I feel like it's a trap. You're kind of like, what am I going to do? And then I'm, I'm judged. I, I just love this, this dynamic because it feels like this is the, the flow yeah. of when the, the feminine's going, Hey, I'm getting a hit. And the masculine's accepting that and saying, I got it. I see it. Mm. Thank you. Or even if I didn't, wow, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Mm. Like, I'm really glad you have this awareness mm. and, and you, you showed me something I didn't know in my body or something that I got. And, but it's, that's what creates the safety as you're talking. It's the feminine bringing things. I get emotional just hearing you say those words. Mm. It's mm. like, oh. Because what it feels, it feels like, oh, I'm, is it part of being seen? Is it it's part sa- of? It's safety. It's being seen. Mm as there's layers to it because it is being seen in my capacity i'm a seer so it is being received in my capacity to see uh it is safe that i can actually be myself and that we can be real about what's actually happening here 
Mm. Really just that. I, I love all that. So the men that are listening to this, like how can you really receive what the feminine expresses and like take a moment to track what she's tracking in you Yes. and own it. Yes. Like I feel like that's the conversation and own. Oh my God. And yes. I think the hardest part, just speaking to the masculine is the hardest part will be though these moments where you feel weak. And those are the parts we typically try to hide or defend is like the child in us is going like, oh, she's, she's, I don't want her to see this weak side of me because I'm supposed to be the strong masculine that's got us. And it's actually an embracing that we don't know. And owning that is what creates safety. It's actually what creates connection and safety to go, oh, well, because she's saying he doesn't have to have it. it he doesn't have to have it all figured out. Oh, no. He just has to know that there's a gap here. And I point it out and he sees it and he's got it. And he's like, so I, I feel like that's a, it's a reframe on what is courageous and what is weak. Yes. It's not weak if you own it. Yes. Right. From the feminine, it's like, if you point out something, as long as the masculine can claim it and embrace it, it's not seen as weakness. Is that how it's seen to the feminine? hundred percent. I don't look at a man who ha still has aspects of himself as an inner child as weak. It's like, it's called being human. He's mm -hmm. going to, uh, it's, mm -hmm. that's normal. Like I still have my inner child. It would be completely unreasonable just to say that, that that's the whole thing. Evolution is integration and integration is just becoming more and more and more of everything without the inhibition of, of anything is that's what i experience evolution as i don't expect anyone to not be any aspect whether it's dark or light immature mature but then what do we do about it how okay are we that we are all these different flavors i'm just curious because I do see some men that are like in foundational, they're rebuilding or they're re like, how does the feminine see the different layers from a security standpoint or safety with a man that's already financially successful versus a man that's starting, you know, just to understand the feminine world of that, does it really matter as much? It's always nicer. I guess totally it really provide. depends on the woman. Ah, that makes and, sense. and to me, honestly, like finances are m much less important than a man actually having exactly what we're talking about, which is the capacity to track himself and the capacity to allow me to be where I'm at and, and hear me and receive me. Like that shit is way more important than money. Money is like, you know, could be a little icing on the cake, but that's not, for me, it is the actual stability in himself. That is what it, where it's at. But I, I guess it's different for different women. And it depends on where they've come from and what they desire. And I don't think there's a one size fits all for that. That's fair. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I think more men would be surprised if they claimed where they were at and didn't like, I see a lot of men either stay single until they have money. Yeah. And a lot of times then once they have money, they're only attracting people that potentially see them for their worth, right. value or money. Wow. Um, or, or a lot of men that are overstating where they're at and it's, it creates all kinds of problems. So it's just a invitation to claim where you're at powerfully and know that the right alignment will find you mm. um, by claiming that Yeah. And be seen more for owning that. So yeah. it's a, it's a call to men to be more self-ownership and more direct in who they are, where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. And every time you say those words, it just lands so beautifully in my body. It's just like, yes. Mm. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just wanting to express that for all the men to mm. see mm. how it lands in a feminine system. Mm. So cool. I think we've like really thoroughly covered um, what it is that how, how we would 
better meet the opposite sex. So let's dive into how we would better meet ourselves because that's something that both you and I just synchronistically are on somewhat similar journeys about at the moment. Yeah, I really love that. And and I'll just share my experience yeah. on it is in this whole conversation of realizing even in the even though I've done a lot of work, there's probably still more layers of me desiring nurture, sexual playfulness and um appreciation from the feminine. And so the practice of how do I give that to myself? Mm. How do I give the things that I'm needing from the feminine, even at an unconscious level? Yeah. Um, how do I fully create some space to fully give those to myself so that um, I'm not dependent on something external, but I can get it all from the internal. Mm. And so that's the practice I'm on. I'm on a cleanse. I'm on a four month feminine cleanse from anything except for healthy platonic friendships mm-hmm. and doing, um, Kama Mudra practices. So removing porn, removing um, any of the ways I've been releasing and still can release, but like going extra uh, externally to do that and more internally finding practices to move energy in my body, ways to get to those same sensations. And I'm so I'm just five days into this, this new place, but um, so far I'm already finding more joy, more happiness, um, noticing how much of my time that consumed and it almost felt more dense, like a lower layer density of, and I was attracting more, let me put it a different way. I think the number one thing I'm learning is at some core level, I, I was scared of my power. Mm. And so it was a way that I was, um, unconsciously keeping myself at a very low place. Cause I was scared. Like if I actually bring my, vo- uh, um, my vitality in, I didn't know what to do with the pressure. And wow. I almost felt like a predator sometimes yeah. with the feminine because because it goes from seeing just like very intense graphic stuff to like the slightest thing in the feminine is attractive. The lips, the neck, the like all these little like features are so attractive in the radiance of the feminine when you t- remove that I was like, what what do I do with this energy? <laughs> and, right. And it, and instead of learning to cultivate that in my body and turn mm. it back to me and like experience the desire and not act on it or not have to move something forward or engage deeper or drive it somewhere, but just appreciate it, breathe it in and then transmute it into my work or my creativity or dance or movement or play. So I'm still learning, but I think that's the number one thing I'm learning is really a deep self-love practice of like, how do I become my most vibrant self um, and express that um, through the world without caring how it's received, right? Without doing something for validation or for love to try to earn love Mm -hmm. versus just being love. Mm. What, what, what about you? What's your, what inspired you to start this journey? Well, I had, this is my third round of choosing to cut off, mm. um, connection with other, with men. Um, and I did it once in my twenties, once in my thirties, and I just turned 40 uh, a couple months ago. And I'm not, it's not like, I'm not like, saying I am celibate for this amount of months that just doesn't feel necessary uh, at this point, but I'm just turning all of my energies within and I'm not looking at all, like act very specifically, not only not looking actively, wouldn't want anything to show up right now because I'm really feeling so drawn and driven to focus all of my energies inwards and I'm leveling up my life on all levels and I just need all of my attention for that. 
because I could get very easily caught up in something very beautiful and I'm just not ready for that right now. I'm in a very different mode of actually of actually expanding all of my range everything, and expanding how much I have to bring to the table um, so mm. that I'm even more of a resonant match of, for what I desire. I love it. I'm curious, what are, what are some of the ways you notice you're getting that safe, that back to that safety and connection conversation? Mm-hmm. What are ways that you get that without mm. somebody else in your space? Yeah. Um, and that's something that is, it's, it's not super easy to describe because when you start something new, you're unconsciously incompetent. Then you become conscious that you're incompetent. Then you become consciously competent. And finally you become unconsciously competent. And I'm kind of at that point mm. of the practices that I have where basically I just know now how to turn within myself and I just know so deeply that I can access absolutely everything and anything I desire in myself vibrationally. And I've had so much practice at that, that it's literally like flipping a switch and it's just, and then I can explore whatever it is that I want, whether it's father energy, whether it's lover, um, you know, divine union and, and feeling and as if I had uh, this, there's this place that I go to within it, which kind of includes all of those energies of, um, that I've developed separately. I've like gone on journeys with inner mother stuff of, of having like the most vibrant relationship with the inner mother, with the inner father. And so there's this place that I can go to of, knowing what it would, at least some of what it would feel like to have grown up as a child, receiving everything that I could ever have Mm. needed for my Mm. particular self, which no child ever really gets. Parents do the absolute best. And so I go to that place. And then from that place, knowing how I would move through the well with just not questioning myself and then connecting with the energies of divine union with God within myself. And, and that can go many different places. It can get extremely erotic. It can be very deeply soothing. It can just create the experience of, of not needing anything outside of myself. And this has been a process. This has been a process of, of years of work to be able to access it like I can, which is like once I let go of all the shit that's standing in the way of that, Sometimes it could take a couple minutes or sometimes I need to actually go turn on the music and, and move my body and sound and make very strange sounds and do strange movements and just allow flow. And then, and then it always comes through. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Well, uh, we have gone over time, but we were having such great conversation. Yeah, I really <laughs> it. was really it. good. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for your time, sweetheart. Really appreciate you. I appreciate your curiosity. I appreciate your willingness to always learn and get better. And just, yeah, you're a beautiful human. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, it's been an honor. I really love getting to know more about the feminine, more about you and what experience has. I think it gives a lot more compassion and understanding. Mm. And so appreciate your heart, your um, desire to learn the masculine mm. and um, help build the bridge. It really feels right. like your bridge. That's it. Yeah. Um, and so it's been such a fun uh, conversation. Yeah. So you. Would you like to share with people where they can find you online? Sure. Um, you can reach me at Joshua Michael Wenner, and that's joshuamichaelwenner.com for my website, my Instagram, or my Facebook are the easiest ways to, to stay in contact. 
Beautiful. Well, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you were able to get some real helpful pieces of information that you can actually um, use in your life. And I hope that you will come and catch us again soon. Thanks for your time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. I really hope you were able to get something helpful from this. I would love to request if you found anything in this helpful or useful, it would be so deeply appreciated for you just to take a moment to rate and review this podcast. But what I really, really, really would love is for you to please actually send this podcast to anyone that you think would actually benefit from it. No, but seriously, could you please do this? This takes a lot of work. And I'm not making any money from this. And it would just feel like such beautiful, sacred reciprocity if you took a moment to do this. It really, really, really helps to get the word out there. And you have no idea how much it helps me and helps the podcast and helps my work when you actually share it with people that are going to benefit from this. This world of podcasting is quite peculiar and that I'm just sitting here in my bedroom creating all this magic by myself and I have absolutely no idea how it is being received in the world. So if you feel so inclined, I would adore to hear from you to be able to understand how this is landing. So please feel free either to let me know once again through the reviews or just direct message me. You can message me on Instagram or Facebook under Saora Love, S-A-O-R-A-L-O-V-E. If you have any particular questions or topics that you would like me to explore in this podcast, please let me know. I also have a couple of one-on-one coaching spots available right now. So if you feel so inclined, please reach out to me and let me know. I look forward to working with you one way or another, whether it's through this podcast or one-on-one or in my upcoming programs. Thanks for your time and we hope you get to listen to us again soon. Bye.